Today's guest is the founder and CEO of NUSF, the Arab Institute for Women's Empowerment. A premier women's executive leadership company founded to help Saudi and Arab women develop professionally, lead in the corporate world, and make a lasting positive impact on society. They are committed to advancing the kingdom's national development agenda and Vision 2030 objective of increasing women's participation in the workforce to 30% by promoting women's empowerment and cultivating sustainable economic development. No country can achieve prosperity or realize its full potential if it leaves behind half its population. NUS means half in Arabic, hence their tagline investing in half the population. Join Rami in welcoming her to the show. If you have any questions for our guest today, please leave them in the comments section below. Also, if you'd like to get more data on any of our guests, please download the Taking You to the Top app from our website. That being said, we hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to another episode of Taking You to the Top. In this podcast, Rami spends time speaking with founders and CEOs from across the globe and asks them specific questions to learn exactly how they built and launched their businesses. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn. Are you ready to take it to the top? Welcome to episode number 29 of Taking You to the Top. Thank you for joining me today. If you wouldn't mind to get us started, could you introduce yourself and maybe take us back from the beginning, tell us where you're from, uh, where you started your journey, and how that led you to founding your company? Um, sure. Um, well, nice to meet you, Rami, and thank you for um, hosting us on your um, podcast. Um, I was born in Dahran, Saudi Arabia, uh, raised as one girl among three boys. Okay. And I remember as a child that I had a six o'clock curfew to return home while my brother's curfew was eight. And I'm thinking in retrospect, I think that's where the why seed started on everything right. related to women. Sure. And, and moving, moving along through my work journey, and in particular during my executive training, there was so much emerging, um, emerging data on women's participation in the economy and mm -hmm. the effects of that on the um, global GDP. Right. So for instance, if women fully participated in the economy like men, um, it would add around $27 trillion to global GDP, which is wow. equivalent to the U.S. and Chinese economies combined. Right. And, and uh, Rami, for the MENA region, it would also add $2.7 trillion, and that's also equivalent to the U.K. economy. Right. So not only that, if women fully participated in the workplace, um, companies, institutions would be um, more innovative, uh, they would be more profitable, mm -hmm. um, they would be more creative, um, I think there would be more employee retention, of course there would be diversity. 
Correct. So all of that was really a driver for me, uh, women and the economy and leveling the playing field. And how, how long ago do you think you realized you wanted to pursue this line of, I mean, women in the workforce in Saudi Arabia? Was it really early on or was it with the so, changes that are occurring? So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at your questions and I remember that the seed really started as a child for me wanting to resist my curfew. But, okay. but, um, but, but I continue to evolve as well and with the changes in the kingdom and the government and sure. realizing that Saudi women have um, more degrees than their male counterparts, mm -hmm. yet their economic participation is only 25%. And so I feel that they need to give back to the country that invested in them. And that Absolutely. was, I guess, my driver and my calling. And that's how I founded NUSF, the Arab Institute for Women's Empowerment. Now, NUSF means half in Arabic, and yep. our tagline is investing in half the population. Sure. Uh, can, you, can you explain that a little to those who may not... Uh, quite grasp half the population part? So, so half the population, I mean, 50% of Saudi Arabia is men and the other 50% are women. And we okay. thought that 50% is not fully economically activated. So we made it our mission to activate that half. And right. so um, half, is Nusf in Arabic, and that's where investing in, the, uh, in half the population uh, became our tagline. Okay, got it. So um, can you tell us what Nusf does in, I mean, uh, what, what's the model? How, how are you running the company? What are, what's the goals sure. and what are you trying to achieve? Yeah, and so, well, our goals are, um, like I said, um, focusing on women, the economy, leveling the playing field. So our company focuses on building capacity for women in whatever field they're in. Okay. And um, our programs are focused on three pillars, um, which we call ERC, um, okay. equip, Church mm -hmm. Connect. Um, and Equip is uh, really a leadership program with three tiers. There is the Leaders to Be program, and that focuses on entry level um, young emerging uh, leaders. And a lot of them actually have technical degrees, but they want to round it with uh, important leadership skills and soft skills like communication, negotiation that kind of um, uh, competency. And then there's the manager's leadership program and um, the global executive program. And uh, these, the manager and the global executive, um, we partner with globally recognized academic institutions mm -hmm. that because it's high level, we focus on more um, on goals like strategic goal setting, like business acumen, uh, leading through disruption, financial literacy, you know, that kind of high level as you assume a leadership position, 
uh, and you you take reins of of the ship um, right. these are the kind of training that one would require and then we have the second pillar which is um, our research pillar and this is where um, we do studies um, analysis uh, on gaps challenges uh, barriers and even recommending policies that can advance uh, research on uh, women in the reg MENA region okay. because um, that's the weakest component um, we have there's there's a lot of studies globally but very weak on the women in the MENA region and in particular in Saudi Arabia and that's where we wanted to focus um, on Saudi Arabia, even though I have to say it has improved and it's getting stronger. So we're excited about that. And our Perfect. third uh, pillar is the connect pillar. And this is um, where we believe it should be a collaborative one between men and women. Um, as maybe women cannot progress if we are not supported by men. Um, so we have three programs on the connect, um, on the connect pillar. Okay. Um, one is the Nusf Voices, and okay. this is where um, a, a podcast, maybe half an hour podcast that talks with men and women on social issues, on barriers, on women's advancement. We talk about success stories, we talk about setbacks, we talk about challenges, and we even celebrate the men that have supported women in their lives, women who sure. work with them, women in the home, and so forth. So that's that's one of the uh, programs, and, and that's a weekly uh, podcast, by the way. Okay. And the second one, which is a monthly leadership uh, talk, and this is where uh, a male or female leader um, uh, are become the guests, and we discuss with them uh, best practices on how we can together work on moving the economic needle for women. Remember, we said that women uh, only represent 25% of the economy, and, and we just right. wanna shift that to at least 30%. That's what Vision 2030 says moving, moving uh, women's participation from 22% to 30%. Okay. And the last one, which um, happens annually, and that's SWIFT, that's the Saudi Women Economic Forum. Mm -hmm. And um, that one brings in uh, the best and the brightest where we um, don't want to reinvent the wheel, we, um, especially on economics, so we want to um, create whatever is needed to bring in best practices, bring, to bring in the best models on how we can shift that economy to improve it where women can be uh, builders. Um, right. and, and, and that's that's basically what our three pillars cover. I mean, that sounds incredibly fascinating and it's refreshing to hear so much happening in Saudi Arabia compared to maybe only five years ago. Um, Absolutely, yeah. So um, when, when did you actually launch the company? So um, our company was envisioned 10 years ago okay. and we started working on it five years ago and me and my team launched it last year. Okay, perfect. And uh, just so I can get an understanding of the business itself, um, how how is the 
revenue model, how does it work out? Or are you, are you offering all of these um, courses or programs? I mean, how, the, how, how are you generating yeah. business from the company? Yeah, um, so our um, revenue, we, we are a social enterprise. Okay. And we absolutely believe in purpose before profit. So, so that's, that's really what our driver is, purpose. And then if we can make enough money to cover our expenses, that would be great. Sure. So, I mean, what I'm, what, I guess what I'm trying to understand is, is there anything that you are charging directly to the women that are joining these programs? Or do they come in as donations? Or how, do, how does it work? So um, the, um, what happens is when we now, right now we started with our leaders to be program and most of the women come through companies. They work for companies and these companies okay. want these women to grow. And so they nominate them to attend. We've sure. had, um, we have a, um, uh, like a CSR program where we want to have 10% of candidates um, enter for free. And so okay. once, once we become fully established and able to stand, we'll start activating that. Right. Okay. Got it. Um, and currently what's the company's team size? So, um, as a small startup, we are mm -hmm. three, we were three and then okay. we grew to five. And now with our part-timers altogether, we're 15. And uh, just out of curiosity, usually with part-timers, companies either down the line decide to turn them full-time. Do you have plans for that? Yeah. 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 And in fact, you know, a lot of the people that work for us and even volunteers, what we do is we offer them that they can take the training for free. So we want to provide that kind of incentive where people feel like it's it's a company with a purpose it's a company that can add value to them and not just they can gain experience of course and all of that but we also wanted them to benefit from our training programs perfect um if you don't mind my um i just want to get into the economics of the business briefly um mm -hmm. just just to see because these days you're hearing lots of companies raise capital and sometimes you discover that you don't actually need to raise the capital because you can do a similar, if not exactly the same thing, bootstrap. So is your company bootstrapped or did you raise capital? So um, Rami, we needed funding, sure. but we knew, we knew that um, we shouldn't ask for it until we prove that our model works. And that it's effective and serves and serves our purpose. So we decided not to ask for funding at that time. Sure. So so of course we were bootstrapped in the beginning, and now mm -hmm. we think that we have good credentials to ask for funding. So pretty soon we think that our model is solid that we could just present our credentials and get that. So we hope to do that soon. Are are you able to share how much you want to raise? So um, our issue is um, with the most important pillar, which is the equip one, where we provide the tools, the executive tools for the manager's uh, leadership program and the global executive. 
And our partnerships are with uh, Harvard, INSEAD, London Business School, and they're very, very expensive um, uh, academic institutions. Sure. And so, and so um, that funding will cover the expenses that come from these academics. So when, while I was working, I, I used to travel to these schools to attend my executive education. Sure. Our plan is to, because we know that not all companies can afford that. So our plan is to bring in these schools to come to Saudi Arabia and, and uh, provide the um, high level executive strategic learning that, that I took and my colleagues took. Um, right. and, and we know that's not going to be cheap, but it's still cheaper than one person traveling to attend them. So, so, okay. but we, we don't look at it as a cost. We look at it as an investment. Sure. Um, May, uh, this next section is for those listening who are entrepreneurs just starting their journey. And usually the first thing they run into is how do I get my first customer? So when you launched your company, how did you get your first well, uh, I'm not sure if I can call them customers, but the first women to join the programs that you offer. Well, um, the women that joined, um, I didn't know them, okay. but um, we didn't want to have customers before we built our credibility. And so I believe in the power of face-to-face -face networking as with that, you can establish rapport, uh, build trust, and then um, they can be your future ambassadors who with whoever you network with, they can be your advocates, um, because nothing in my view is better than connecting through word of mouth. When somebody right. tells another person, oh, you should um, attend um, one of the leadership programs that May has. I've attended it and it's great. And actually that's been working amazingly for us in terms of the attendees who, who uh, started our program. They've been amazing uh, ambassadors. And then for me networking, I um, established those connections through face-to-face, uh, -face, maybe in conferences, seminars, exchanging business cards, that kind of thing is really important to me. And so once I reach out to them to let them know about our programs, they immediately, um, uh, they immediately welcome it because um, they know me and they know my background and they've done business with me. So it's so much more easier for everybody to start that way. Sure. But at, at, at any point, did you use any marketing channels to get the word out other than face-to-face -face networking? Yeah. So um, for, for my business, later as a secondary step, I would use uh, networks like LinkedIn for my business networks. And then um, I would use uh, Twitter for my Saudi audience. And then sure. for our um, female segmentation, I would use um, Instagram. Okay. And, um, and I invite all your guests to um, reach out to us. And of course, there's our website, uh, nusf.org. Okay. Actually, I, could, I, I couldn't actually find your Instagram. 
But um, that I would, think if you could share that, yeah, that I'll, would be I'll great. send it to you. Sure. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, all right, May, if you don't mind, we can wrap up with the famous five. So May, if you don't mind, we'll uh, wrap up with the famous five. Okay, what are the questions on the famous five? Um, is that, um, uh, what kind of book? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, for me, my business book that I'm currently reading is uh, Invisible Women by uh, Carolyn Perez. And I think that a book like this should be requ a required reading uh, for researchers, for machine designers, and even policymakers. Right. As this kind of book shows how um, um, we as humans relied on data of every kind using men as, as the only benchmark, whether it's in medicine, which resulted in wrong prognosis for women because women have uh, heart attacks that are completely different in symptoms than, than men do. And they end up, of course, receiving the wrong treatment. And same thing applies in transportation where um, seat belts don't take into consideration pregnant women and then um, they get into accidents. And then the same thing applies to technology where there's huge gender ignorance. So I definitely recommend um, this book. I haven't finished reading it, but I'm just amazed at, at how much data it has. Great. Um, number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? You know, I'm, I'm following and, inspi and inspired by a young leader who has overhauled systems, cracked down on corruption, faced resistance, and inherited um, challenging structures. And in the end, um, empowered women. Uh, engaged with the youth and reversed an, an economy that was um, at risk, actually. Uh, somebody like him not only has inspired his um, nation, but um, in my view, he inspired the whole Arab world uh, with his uh, courage to implement the change that's uh, worthy of a prosperous future. And I think maybe one day um, schools of economy and business should um, start re uh, teaching his strategies. Right. Um, number three, what's your favorite online tool for growing your business? Um, LinkedIn. LinkedIn. I'm seeing it's, quite a trend it's, it's these days. Yeah, yeah. LinkedIn, what I like about LinkedIn is it's, it tries as much as it can to stay focused on business. Right. And so that's, that's where I rely on it a lot, and especially during COVID, where mm -hmm. you really had to move to online, yeah. Sure. Um, and number four, if you could give your 20-year-old self a piece of advice, what would it be? Um, I would, I would tell my 20 year old self that she 
should trust herself and not try to emulate male leaders and that she could actually do very well using her female attributes like communication, sure. emotional intelligence, these kind, the nurturing kind of attributes that women naturally have. I would tell myself that because back then I tried to fit, of course it was a, back then it, it was a male dominated industry. So that was the only model that I could see. And I didn't have any female um, role models or, or um, uh, mentors that I could look up to. So all I could see was men. So I, sure. that's what I would tell myself. Okay. And number five, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? You know, for me, um, fitness and sleep are so crucial to my well-being. And right. if I miss on any one of them, I'm, I become moody, I become cranky, I'm not able to uh, be productive in that day. And so right. I try to sleep eight hours um, a night. I try to work out five days a week. But there comes times where you only end up with six. And I hope, or you don't, you're not able to go to the gym. But I hope for me that that could be the exception, not the rule, because you can only thrive when you're able to balance. Absolutely. Well, May, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure speaking with you and listening to your journey. And I hope that well, maybe, maybe in a year's time, we can have a follow-up call to see where NUS has grown. Oh, I'd like that. I'd That'd like be... that very much. And it would be nice to go back and, and see what we've done. Thanks, thanks for, for hosting me and thanks for um, supporting NUS. It was my pleasure. Thanks for watching today's episode. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on any of the available podcast platforms so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. If you have an extra minute, leaving a review would help us grow.